Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is one of those days, folks, where I kind of wish we still were doing, still had the time to do our our midweek podcast, A, because it's, it's a lot of fun to do these things, and B, well, we've got quite a few stories to go through, and this is for you, White Boy Malcolm X, and I'd like to keep it, if at all possible, to, uh, to under an hour this week. I guess the crankier I am, the more pissed off I am, the longer the podcast. But today, I am, I am not in that bad of a mood. So, maybe 45 minutes, but we'll see. First off, though, we would like to wish all those in the transgender community happy belated Transgender Day of Visibility. Now... I guess I was wrong. I thought every day, every single day, was Transgender Day of Visibility, which is not hard to assume, given how the the media, the woke companies out there, how they carry on about transgenders and transgender rights. But I guess they do have their very own day of visibility out there, an even brighter spotlight shine down on them. So to all of you out there in the T part of our tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe, happy belated transgender day of visibility to you. And I guess it is also Earth Month. So happy Earth Month out there to all you Good eco-warriors, especially you eco-warriors making huge bank selling all that green garbage. And yes, I am talking to you, Al Gore, you fraud. And I'm sure Greta Thunberg, she's also raking in some Benjamins, selling that garbage as well. And of course, woke Starbucks. I got their virtue signaling email telling me how down for the environmental struggle they are. And they got that to me on March 31st. They just couldn't wait to virtue signal about that. Apple, woke Apple, and we were just talking about them. Their Time to Walk series on my Apple Watch. Last week, They had Nicole Hannah-Jones, that woke purple-headed clown. She was on my watch. Had to look at her stupid face all week. This week, slightly better. They've got Robin Roberts. She's the, uh, the BIPOC lesbian over there at, well, I think she's still on ABC. That, that Time to Walk series, nothing but a, never-ending parade of leftists out there. So every week, it's just, there's another one. Not that they would ever entertain putting anyone from the right side of the political aisle on in that series. I could only imagine the shrieking that would happen if, you know, some good leftist woke folk out there opened up their Apple Watch, opened up the fitness app, and there was Ann Coulter staring right back at him. Tim Cook, that queen running Apple, he is, well, he would never, 
ever, ever, ever do anything like that. Those girls in Cupertino over there in the Bay Area, they would practically disinvite that man from their cocktail parties, shun him like no other if he dared to do anything even remotely close to that. And uh, and one last random aside before we jump into things. So White Boy Malcolm X and I, on Friday night, doing the usual thing, dinner and a movie. And so we have dinner and we watched Death on the Nile. That's the Kenneth Branagh Hercule Poirot, the French detective, that series. And that was a pretty good movie. It's on HBO Max, woke HBO Max. He's got an all-star cast in that thing. Gal Gadot, Creeper, Army Hammer, Annette Benning, Russell Brand, Jennifer Saunders. But after we got done watching that, we jumped over to Netflix, started to uh, flip around there, and uh, we saw, and White Boy Malcolm X, we're going to have to at least watch a couple minutes of it next weekend. But they have on there Queer Eye Germany. Now, I have never watched any of those Queer Eye shows, The Runway Show, whatever that RuPaul show is. Not of any particular interest to me. Not something I want to watch. If you do, if it floats your boat, more power to you. I don't really care. But I guess the regular Queer Eye, what is it, White Boy Malcolm X? Just a bunch of snarky queens lecturing a straight guy on how to dress, something like that. You think, yeah, that's pretty much what those shows are. But they have Queer Eye Germany, and I'm just trying to imagine a German queen lecturing a straight guy on on how badly he dresses. You look horrible. You are a fat pig of a man. You disgust me. Get out of my face. That's how I see the Germans. A German queen lecturing some poor hapless straight guy in Germany. Do we want to talk about the Oscars? Has has Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? Has that not been talked to death already? Nothing I can nothing I can add to that. I can't believe though that he uh that Will Smith he won the Oscar for King Richard. Poor, world-renowned, gay-for-pay actor, Benedict Cumberbatch. He did not win. I figured he would win for Power of the Dog. They were definitely not going to give it to Javier Bardem, a Spaniard playing a Cuban in being the Ricardos. And I figured between Will Smith and Denzel Washington... They would split the vote, the woke vote, at the Academy. But I guess not. Will, he got that little statue. And that will also be his last one. Done. He is not getting any more of those. I did see, though, that he resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And they accepted his resignation. And... On top of that, they are going to continue. They are going to move forward with their disciplinary proceedings against him, even though he's not a member. Maybe take that statue away. Speaking of the Oscars, though, a couple of stories from page six. That's the New York Post gossip page. The first one, Amy Schumer, still triggered and traumatized by Will Smith's Oscars 2022 slap. Amy Schumer, typical hysterical white chick, hysterical millennial white chick. Will Smith slaps Chris Rock, and it's all about her. Always about them. And for all you ladies out there, all you older queens with with Twinkie Boy fetishes, and you know who you are, 
Timothée Chalamet. He went shirtless to the Oscars. Well, almost shirtless. He didn't have a shirt on, but he did wear a blazer. So, Timothée Chalamet, he took his 12-year-old boy body out to play. Now, he's a very good actor. I do have to give credit where credit is due. He is a very good actor, but he still has the body of a 12-year-old boy. Now, I know some of you out there, you find that attractive. You find that emo, waif look, all skin and bones. You find that attractive. Not me, not my scene, but I know some of you. You think that Timothée Chalamet, shirtless, with his 12-year-old boy body, you think that is hot. And he's not the only one who has done that. Showed up with no shirt at some event. Sean Mendez, he's the uh, he's a singer. He showed up to some event. What was that, White Boy Malcolm X? What's the big, fancy, artsy, Anna Wintour event in New York? The Met Gala. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Sean showed up to the, the Met Gala. No shirt, leather jacket. And I didn't recognize him, that it was him when I saw that picture. No, I was not stalking Sean Mendez. I, uh, I, I generally read the New York Post every morning. And so whenever that happened, the Met Gala, the last Met Gala that happened, I pulled up the New York Post website, as I always do, first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee. And there was that picture with Sean Mendez. But like I said, I didn't recognize him at first. I saw that pic and I'm like, who is that hot stud? So, of course, I clicked on the link. I may be an old queen, but I am still a queen. And they're too young for me, but I can appreciate some good eye candy. But when I clicked on it, looking for who that was, and it said Sean Mendez, I was like, damn, he grew up. He's been hitting the gym. Yeah, he's one of these kids. I think he, uh, he was like, releasing his music on YouTube, got discovered that way, got himself a record contract. And he was like, he was a teenager when that happened. So like when his music first started becoming popular, I always, he was just some little Twinkie kid singing songs and stuff. But I guess he grew up, found a gym, got himself in some pretty good shape. And I think he's, I don't know, early to mid-20s. He's younger than Timothée Chalamet. But he definitely does not have the body of a 12-year-old boy, unlike Timothée. But enough about the Oscars. It's been talked to death already. So let's move on. Let's go ahead and jump into the news pile. And this, this first one is from the Daily Mail. Who, as a random aside, they have the longest headlines ever. Brevity is not something that is practiced at the Daily Mail. Here, here's their headline on this. Disney executive, who is the mother of a transgender and a pansexual child, says she wants at least half of all future characters to be LGBTQIA or racial minorities. Theme parks are now banned from saying hello, boys and girls. So Disney, woke Disney over there, they are ramping up on the woke, ramping up on the the virtue signaling. And what this is about, folks, is that general entertainment president, Carrie Burke, she said during a company-wide Zoom call that Disney must do more to be more inclusive, used her transgender and pansexual children. And what's a pansexual, folks? A snooty bisexual. A distinction without difference. But she dragged them into it, used them 
to virtue signal, show how down for the struggle she is with our tribe. And then Disney's diversity and inclusion chief. Talk about a fun sponge. Her name is Vivian Ware. She she announced that the uh, when you go down to Disney World, they don't say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls anymore. But now they say dreamers and friends. They don't assume call little girls princesses anymore. That's reserved for the queens anyway. And people, they are they are melting down over this, wondering what the hell happened at Disney. Why the hell has Disney gone so woke? And it's real simple, folks. Disney is woke. All this crap is going on at Disney because what is a company? People. And what are Disney's employees? They're all woke, or at least enough of them are, to terrorize, to hold hostage everyone else. But because the employees are woke, leadership at Disney, like Carrie Burke here and Vivian Ware, they are woke. Naturally, the company run by these clowns, it's going to be woke as well. And we've kind of talked about this sort of crap going on at companies a few times now here on this podcast about how, especially with the younger generations, the millennial Gen Z kids, hysterical about their social issues. They just can't go into work, do their job, schmooze a little bit, yap with their coworkers, yap, 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 and go home. No, they have to drag their politics, their social justice activism, drag it into work, and torture everyone else in the process. And Carrie and Vivian, they're not even millennial Gen Z. They are, well, at least from the picture, what they look like. They are Gen Xers like white boy Malcolm X and myself. But Carrie here, with her transgender and her pansexual children, another one dragging her politics, dragging her social justice activism into work, and she runs a substantial empire over there at Disney. She's got Vivian there, the school marm, the woke white chick, lording diversity and inclusion as a weapon over there at Woke Disney. So this is what you get. You're going to get, whether you like it or not, more gay, more the alphabet soup, LGBTQIA plus garbage, more the BIPOC folks, just so they can virtue signal, just so they can cram their politics, cram their social justice activism down your throat. From the Washington Examiner, Ron Perlman blasts Ron DeSantis as Nazi pig for signing gender identity bill. And Ron Perlman, for you folks out there who don't know, he is an actor in Hollywood. Another one, virtue signaling, throwing himself a man-child fit over this silly lie that the bill that Ron DeSantis signed somehow targets young gay kids. A total lie. And I remember Ron. He's actually not a bad actor. I guess a bit of a psychotic douchebag calling Governor DeSantis a Nazi pig. But I remember him on Sons of Anarchy. I don't know how long ago that show went off the air. That had Charlie Hunnam on it. And that man, I know he's not Ginger White Boy Malcolm X, but you would have to agree with me, sir. That man is a stud. A strapping stud of a man. That's what I thought. I thought you would agree. And this is what Ron Perlman, 
he said on woke Twitter to Governor DeSantis. Good morning, Governor DeSantis. Ron here. Um, don't say gay. Don't say as the first two words in the sentence spoken by a political leader of a state in the United States of America. Don't say, don't effing say, you effing Nazi pig. And folks, he did not just say effing. Say, First Amendment, read about it, then run for office, you piece of crap. And no, folks, he did not say crap. And I got nothing on that one. No. What do you say to that? What do you say about Ron Perlman calling Ron DeSantis a Nazi pig? He's just, there's a little bit of Madonna syndrome going on. Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. You got that. You've got some virtue signaling. Like a lot of them, those Hollywood idiots, what they like to do, probably thinks it's going to help him get another gig, another acting role. But other than that, I got nothing. Let's move on. From Fox News, Madison Cawthorn addresses orgy cocaine controversy. Cawthorn said he wasn't talking specifically about his fellow GOP lawmakers. Now, Madison Cawthorn, that is the, uh, the kid in a wheelchair, the congressman from North Carolina. And he was on the Warrior Poet Society podcast, hosted by John Lavelle. And John asked Madison Cawthorn if the series, the Netflix series, House of Cards, which again, folks, was ruined. The last season was ruined because Anthony Rapp had to come out after 20, 30 years to say Kevin Spacey got a little handsy gropey with him. But again, John asked Madison if that series, House of Cards, was realistic in its portrayal of Washington politics. And so Madison, being kind of an idiot, not knowing when to keep his mouth shut, kind of like me on this podcast, he started talking about people doing cocaine and him and, I guess, his wheelchair being invited to participate in an orgy, which I guess answers the question, does it still work? But we'll just leave it at that. And I guess Madison, he hit a bit of a nerve Everyone started getting the vapors, and he got called into the principal's office. He got a dressing down by Kevin McCarthy, the uh, the GOP leader in the House, for talking about cocaine and orgies, seeing people doing coke, getting himself an invitation to an orgy. I'm just going to assume that he got in trouble because he violated the Las Vegas rule. What goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. And what goes on in the swamp, be it cocaine, insider trading, payoffs and bribes, orgies, all sorts of creepy stuff. What goes on in the swamp stays in the swamp. So we'll have to see if Madison Cawthorn, if he learned his lesson to keep his mouth shut, about the the hookers and blow, I guess. Do you think he's attractive, white boy Malcolm X? I mean, I know he's not ginger, but do you think Madison Cawthorn, you think he's easy on the eyes? He's okay. Is it the ginger thing? Then what is it? Well, yeah, I'll agree with you there. He's definitely got that dopey, uh, Dopey straight guy look. Got that uh, young straight guy bravado about him. I'm so macho. I'm a tough young guy. Definitely got that. Kind of kind of looks a little bit like a junior douchebag. Got that look about him, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens next in this, this latest Tempest in a Teapot drama up there, or I guess from up here in Boston, down there, down in the swamp.
from Blaze Media, California City approves program to provide transgender, non-binary residents with guaranteed income. So Palm Springs, out there in California, they are, they have allocated $200,000 and they are going to start handing 20 residents, 20 transgender and non-binary residents. Those are the folks with the super special pain in the ass pronouns. They're going to start handing them between six and $900 every month for about 18 months, which in Palm Springs, I don't, uh, I don't think that's going to be a lot of money, but you know, they can spend it pretty much on anything they want, maybe on cocaine and admission ticket to an orgy. They could take Madison Cawthorn with them. And I didn't know this, but Palm Springs, their mayor, Lisa Middleton, she is transgender. She is also the first transgender mayor in California. Kind of shocking, it being California, that they didn't have more transgender mayors any before her. But I wonder, I mean, that's convenient. You have a transgender mayor and they start handing out money to transgenders and non-binary folk. I wonder, I wonder if she's on that list. She's going to get herself six to $900. And if not her, how many of her friends and supporters, how many of them are going to be on that list? Now, if it were me, and I had that $200,000, and I was going to hand them out to transgenders and non-binary residents, I would pay them to leave. I'll give you the money, but you got to get out of town, which I know is triggering some of you out there, me saying that. But I wouldn't do it, pay them to get the hell out of town because they were transgender or non-binary. But I would pay, well, at least the non-binary ones, I would pay them to leave because, let's face it, folks, they're a a special kind of pain in the ass. They've got super special gender identities. They've got super special pain in the ass pronouns. They're just all around a pain in the ass. Who the hell wants to deal with that? I don't know about you, but not me. I can only imagine how exhausting it is to have to deal with people who have to have super special everything. It's like working in a Starbucks. What those poor, miserable people have to put up with because everyone wants their super special pain in the ass drinks. So just to lessen my aggravation, lessen the number of Super special, pain in the ass pronouns. I would have to memorize. I would pay these people, some of them anyway, to get the hell out of town. Especially the ones who have to have mixed pronouns, like that stupid chick from last week's podcast with her they, she pronouns. Can't even do regular, super special, pain in the ass pronouns like they, them. No. Oh, I'm she, they, or they, she. Then you got the ones, face self, garbage like that. No, here's $600. Go bother someone else. From Zero Hedge, Jen Pasaki, Ginger Jen, reportedly in talks to leave White House for a lucrative gig at MSNBC. No big shock there. Hang out in government for a bit. Go get the real money. Earn herself a huge pile of Benjamins going to work at MSNBC. I know the conservatives, they're having a little bit of a, well, I wouldn't say meltdown, but they're being a little bit critical of Ginger Jen going over there, making herself a lot of Benjamins over at MSNBC. But they all do it. The Democrats, the Republicans, They go in government, they go and get themselves a a fancy job, 
in media, that or they go down to K Street, do some lobbying, government service. That's a stepping stone to the real paydays. I mean, what do you think half of Fox News is? How many of those people over there at Fox News and MSNBC and woke CNN, how many of them worked in government to some extent before they went into media? They all cash out at some point. So good luck, Ginger Jen, over there at woke MSNBC. At least you won't have creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer fondling your locks sniffing your pantene-scented hair. And since you're a woman, you don't have to worry about white boy Malcolm X coming up there and getting you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From eat this, not that. What happens to your body when you drink hard seltzer? Which I have never had. White boy Malcolm X, have you ever had a hard seltzer? I didn't think so, sir. If it ain't Italian beer, you ain't touching it. But I saw this article and I thought, hmm, I've never had one, but let's find out what happens when you drink one. And this is from Lauren Manaker, MSRDNLD. C-L-E-C. She's fancy, folks. She's got four sets of acronyms after her name. But Lauren, this is what Lauren says. Five things that happen to your body when you drink hard seltzer. Not that you millennial Gen Z kids out there. Not that you need me to explain to you any of this. You kids, you love your hard seltzer. But for the rest of us, The old folks, here you go. Here's the list. Number one, you may lose weight. Oh, good. Just what every queen wants to hear. I can drink alcohol and lose weight. Number two, you may experience teeth erosion. Kind of like crystal meth. Rots your teeth out. Number three, you may gain weight. Yes, folks, you heard that right. Number one, you may lose weight. Number three, you may gain weight. Both on the same list, but to a millennial like Lauren Manneker, with all her fancy acronyms after her name, she can have both on the same list. That makes total sense to her. Number four, you may feel bloated and gassy. And yes, folks, I know carbonated drinks They do that, but I guess to Lauren, she has to explain that. And then number five, the last one on this stupid list, you may feel drunk. That's right, folks. Lauren Manneker, M-S-R-D-N-L-D-C-L-E-C. She actually wrote in her article that when you drink hard seltzer, you may feel drunk. Like, nobody could figure that one out on their own. Another blithering idiot in journalism thinking she's going to get herself a Pulitzer because she writes an article where she has to mention that if you drink alcohol, you may feel drunk. No kidding. 
probably yet another editor tweaking his millennial Gen Z reporter. Her going to him or her saying, oh, I want to write an article about what happens when you, you drink hard seltzer. Really, Lauren? What would you say was on the list? Well, you could lose weight. You could also gain weight. Don't you think those are mutually exclusive? Well, I don't know. What else is on your list? Well, you could feel bloated and gassy. It is a carbonated drink. That uh, that tends to happen with a carbonated drink. Oh, well, I wanted to explain that. What else, Lorne? Oh, you may feel drunk. Really? Drinking a hard seltzer? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you could totally feel drunk drinking that. Wow, Lauren. Great journalism there. You smell that? No, what? What was that? That is, I can smell a Pulitzer coming your way, dear. You write that article. You think so? Oh, yes, Lauren. Totally. You write an article about how you could get drunk, feel drunk, drinking hard seltzer. That's a Pulitzer. Oh, wow. Get writing, Lauren. Go to it. The state of journalism, folks. The miserable state of journalism these days. From Political Insider, after Oscar slap, liberal Stephen Colbert, now that's being a bit redundant, but liberal Stephen Colbert says Biden, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, should slap Fox News reporter and nepotism case Peter Ducey. Now, of course, there's the obvious criticism. If, uh, let's say, Tucker Carlson, I'll pick on him. If Tucker Carlson had called on President Trump to slap Jim Acosta, that moronic clown over there at Woke CNN, if he had done that, do you know how many people in the media would be calling for his termination? Oh, I can't believe he's advocating violence against a journalist. That's horrible. Yes, of course, folks, the double standard, alive and well. But putting that aside for just a second, and I hate to admit this, folks. I really, really, really hate to admit this, folks. But, you know, I kind of, sort of, maybe, possibly, agree with Stephen Colbert. If anyone is slappable, if there's anyone I would like to slap, that nepotism case, dopey Peter Ducey, he would be, he'd be pretty close to the top of that list. Just a light slap, though. We don't want to advocate real violence here on the podcast. Just like a little, like a bitch slap, a pansy slap, kind of like what Will Smith, what he did to Chris Rock. Speaking of MSNBC and from MSNBC, pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme, literally. White supremacist's latest scheme to valorize violence and hypermasculinity has gone digital. And this is from Cynthia Miller Adris. And yes, folks, Miller Adris, that's hyphenated. But like any good leftist, especially a leftist over there at MSNBC, Cynthia, she is on the hunt for Nazis and white supremacists lurking about, hiding in the shadows. And to folks like Cynthia, she sees Nazis and white supremacists Everywhere she looks. And she looks, folks, everywhere. And what this article is about is apparently, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, you've got Nazi and white supremacist recruiting going on in fitness chat rooms. So when you've got some young kid out there and he wants to learn about I don't know, lifting weights, drinking protein shakes, whatever it is young kids do these days when they go to the gym, if they go to the gym. Definitely not Timothée Chalamet and his 12-year-old boy body. They are definitely not going to the gym. 
But the other kids go into the gym, going online to, I guess, get fitness tips. They are being lured into these chat rooms, these private chat rooms, where they are propagandized to about Nazism, white supremacy, all sorts of racist malfeasance out there. And because Cynthia Miller Idris, she's over there at MSNBC. And because they just can't leave it at that, that maybe possibly kids are getting radicalized into Nazism and white supremacy as they search the internet for tips on lifting weights and drinking protein shakes because they can't just leave it at that. Cynthia has to tie physical fitness, working out, and liking to do that with Nazism. And she said this in the article, physical fitness has always been central to the far right. In Mein Kampf, Hitler fixated on boxing and jiu-jitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions whose aggressive spirit and impeccably trained bodies, combined with fanatical love of the fatherland, would do more for the German nation than any mediocre tactical weapons training. Now, can you imagine, folks, being a gym-obsessed queen, a vainglorious gym-obsessed queen, and you know who you are, a good liberal, a flaming liberal, but like any queen out there, you love to go to the gym, you love to work out, so you can look really good in your Speedo on Fire Island in Provincetown, up there in Maine, in Ogunquit. You can show off your body, all the effort, all the time you spent in the gym, lifting those weights. But can you imagine being that vainglorious queen and finding yourself compared to Adolf Hitler? Because that's basically, folks, what she's doing here. Comparing people, tying physical fitness liking physical fitness to the right to Adolf Hitler. She's basically saying, well, if Hitler liked it, if Hitler was into physical fitness, if you're into it too, you're just like Adolf Hitler. You're a Nazi. And these people, Cynthia Miller-Adris, obsessed with comparing people to Hitler, calling people Nazis, or white supremacists, every time they don't like something, every time they don't get their way, like Ron Perlman calling Ron DeSantis a Nazi because Ron DeSantis doesn't want six and seven and eight-year-olds having to hear proselytized to about gender identity, super special, pain-in-the-ass pronouns, or sexual orientation. He's a Nazi. These people, that's all they know how to do. Disagree with them? Oh, you're a Nazi. Oh, you're a white supremacist. She's so obsessed, white boy Malcolm X, Cynthia Miller-Adris. She is so obsessed with Adolf Hitler. I wonder, in all seriousness, I wonder if that woman masturbates to pictures of Adolf Hitler. Possibly. (laughs) Yeah, I bet it's more than that. Okay, Cynthia, you, uh, you Nazi hunter, you white supremacist hunter, go get them. Go get those fitness freaks. Go get those queens. Call them all Nazis. Get them all super butthurt, triggered, neurotic. And I can see those queens, white boy Malcolm X. Oh, Jesus Christmas. I can't be a Nazi. I'm gay. And I have to go to the gym. It's almost pride. And I have to look good in my Speedo. From USA Today, people in these states are the most stressed report fines. So here are the, uh, this is just a little bit of fun. Here are the top 10 most stressful states. Louisiana is number one. The most stressful state in the nation. Summit Mistress, I know you're out there. 
Why are your people, your peeps, why are they so stressed? Maybe all the the frozen margarita machines on Bourbon Street, maybe they all broke down or something. Those people, they're at, well, I call Nolan's. I call that drunk Cajun Disneyland. But maybe they all, they can't get drunk like they want to. All the drink machines are busted. That can make them stressed out. Nevada is number two. A state with nothing but gambling addicts. New Mexico, West Virginia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas, and Tennessee. Most of them, well, according to the left, hayseeds and hicks in flyover country. I would be stressed too, I guess. And at the bottom of the list, the uh, the top 10 least stressful states, Utah, that is the least stressful state, probably their magical Mormon underwear. That helps them, helps keep them calm. Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, live free or die, the Alabama of the Northeast, and those people in New Hampshire. Now, they're very nice, don't get me wrong. But just as a random aside, you know, they all come down here into Massachusetts. They all drive like grandmothers. They're all going five miles under the speed limit, parking themselves in the far left lanes, driving like a bunch of morons. La-di-da-di-da. They got nowhere to be. They're never in a hurry if they're in Massachusetts. Drive like idiots. But you go up there into New Hampshire, they all drive like Connecticut drivers, like assholes, aggressive assholes. So I don't know what changes when they come over the border. Probably doing it just to torture us. But you people, you New Hampshire people, cut it out. You're pissing me off. Hawaii is also on that list. No, duh. Those people, they just lay on the beach all day go surfing, get drunk. A whole state full of people always on vacation. North Dakota, Massachusetts. Oh, that's that's nonsense. People here, they're all uptight. They're all stressed out. Nebraska and New Jersey. That that is BS. Total absolute BS. New Jersey, the 10th least stressed out state in the nation. Probably because half of them are on welfare anyway. Half of them don't work. Maybe that's why they're not so stressed. Get to suck off of other people. From Axios, those leftist twats over at Axios, Biden signs into law first anti-lynching bill in U.S. history. And I guess this was last Tuesday. Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer signed a bill into law. And this was after more than 200 attempts to do that. But he signed a law making lynching a federal hate crime. Because I guess, at least according to those leftist twats over at Axios, the absence of the law that allowed the vast majority of perpetrators to go unpunished in nearly 6,500 documented racial terror lynchings between 1865 and 1950. What year is it, white boy Malcolm X? What year of the Lord is this? 2022. Okay, that's what I thought. It is 2022. I'm not missing anything here. Second question, sir. Have you heard of anyone getting lynched in, say, I don't know, The last 30 or 40 years, have you heard of any lynchings going on? Even in places like Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, all those hayseed redneck Southerners, I'm sure they all like to lynch. Any lynchings going on, even in the Deep South, that you've heard of, sir? No. Okay. So, this is just virtue signaling. More symbolism over substance. More... Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer doing something worthless that contributes nothing, nothing useful to society. 
Oh, I'm sure. I have no doubt, folks. The woke folk out there, the BIPOC folk out there, they're all probably like, oh, that's so wonderful. There's an anti-lynching bill now. We don't have to worry about that. I don't think they had to worry about it at least since 1950. What is that? 72 years? The way those leftist twats over there at Axios, the way they carried on in this article. Folks, you would think people were getting lynched left and right. Lynchings here, lynchings there, lynchings, lynchings everywhere. That's what you would think. Reading that article, how important this anti-lynching bill is to stopping all these lynchings. But no, there aren't really any lynchings. Not since about 1950. Maybe one or two here and there. But I would think what's already on the books, dealing with assaulting someone, murdering someone, I would think that would be enough. But to, uh, to creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, to the woke folk, I guess not. So enjoy your symbolism over substance. Enjoy that hearty serving of virtue signaling. Hope that makes you folks feel better, help you to sleep better at night, knowing that there is a federal law against lynching. Not that they'll ever have to use it. Pull that law out and go, aha, we gotcha. We're going to charge you with lynching. Not that they'll ever use it, but that's okay to the woke folk. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, Ukraine's LGBT plus leaders say fleeing isn't an option. We have to save our country. Now that, folks, that is my tribe. My lovable, lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. And good for them. You girls, kick ass. Get those Russians. It's probably, if I were to guess, who in the tribe, who's out there kicking ass, taking names, spanking the Russians. I would say the queens, they're definitely there. You are not going to come into my country, tear everything up, make a mess of things. Trashing my gay bar. I'm going to get you, you Russians. So I can definitely see the queens out there. The lesbians, you know they're kicking ass, folks. Nobody screws with a lesbian. I don't do it. I'm not that dumb. I bet you even the transgenders. I bet you they're even out there. Kicking ass, taking names, spanking them some Russians. So I'm proud of the tribe. Going out there, fighting for their country. I bet you, though, white boy Malcolm X, I know who in the tribe who's hiding, cowering under their beds, cowering in the cellar, not going out and fighting with the queens and the lesbians and the transgenders. And that is, if I had to hazard a guess, the non-binary folks with their super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. Probably like, Well, if we're captured by the Russians, are they going to ask our pronouns? Are they going to respect our gender identity? Lesbians probably like, uh, no. They probably won't do that. Non-binary folk. Well, I'm just, that triggers me too much. I can't fight alongside you. If the Russians aren't going to respect my pronouns, if I am not going to be addressed by Zizirza, I don't know if I can fight. I'm going to go retreat to my safe space. But the rest of you folks, you members of the Ukrainian tribe, kick ass. Take names. Make me proud. See, white boy Malcolm X, I can be nice to the tribe. I can can give the tribe credit, praise them when they're doing good, as they are here. Doesn't happen too often, but when it does, I I will definitely... Mention that. And for our last story, folks, it's another one from the Daily Mail. So yes, a really, really, really long headline. Here it is. Apple workers threaten to quit in protest over going back to the office up to three days a week by May because they don't want to deal with the commute or sit around for eight hours a day. 
So Apple, woke Apple, they are calling their employees to come back into the office. They have to start doing that by April 11th, and they have to be back three days a week, no later than May 23rd. They will, once they're back in the office, they'll be required to go into the office Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and Wednesdays and Fridays. That will be flexible. And on top of that, employees, they will be allowed to work fully remotely for up to four weeks every year. But to to the little spoiled brats at Apple, woke Apple, the little princes, the little princesses, the little non-binary members of the royal family, they are throwing themselves a huge collective hissy fit Every version of F Apple under the sun being posted on social media on their anonymous chat room boards there over at Woke Apple. Probably because over the last couple of years during COVID, you know, I bet you folks, most people working at Apple, Woke Apple, they're probably pulling in six figures low six figures every year, at least the ones who can, uh, who can work, who have the luxury of having jobs where they can do them from home. That set, the programmers, the engineers, those type of folks, they probably make easily low six figures. And they're used to not only making six figures, but, but getting paid basically to do a little bit of work but mostly screw around all day, play video games, get drunk, Tinder hookups, whatever millennial Gen Z kids working remote do these days. So it's like not having to adult and getting paid handsomely for it. And that building, their spaceship building, Apple Park, they paid $5 billion to build that thing. So I'm sure they're like, we got this massive temple here. We might as well have people use it. But this is what they get for hiring these brats, spoiling them even further with the perks of working at Apple, woke Apple. But I have to say, good for them putting their foot down. But, you know, we'll see how long this lasts. See if Apple is going to buckle if enough of these kids threaten to quit or actually quit if they, if they have to go back into the office. I don't know what kind of queen Tim Cook is. He could be a soft queen. Oh, okay, whatever you want. Let's just all get along, whatever you kids want. Or he could be a hard queen. Sorry, kids. But there is only one queen here at Apple, and that's me. My sandbox, my spaceship building, my rules. Get your ass back here. Now, probably the latter. You don't get to where he is running a company like Woke Apple without throwing a couple of elbows. So on that note, since I cannot top these hysterical brats, having meltdowns about having to go into the office, even if the adults who know how to adult are rolling their eyes at the temper tantrums. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.